0: Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Transformational Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Hyman. Hope everybody had a great weekend. It is Sunday night, 10 p.m., so it is a late night edition of the Transformational Coaching Podcast. Um, Had a great weekend. Big weekend for the Bruins, obviously. Friday, Friday. Big victory against Williamsburg Academy for the varsity guys to improve to 4-0 on the season. Uh, followed that up with a JV win on Friday night and a JV win on Saturday morning. Uh, we had to navigate some last-minute changes for the JV game Saturday, but it all worked out. So uh, it was good to get that done. We got home a little earlier than usual on Saturday and then obviously had a, had a day off today. Um, that gave us an opportunity to sit down and, Watch my Gamecocks beat up on the Tigers and take the series 2-1 to this weekend, so that was awesome to see. Um, I tell our kids all the time, man, especially the high school athletes and and parents, this is a challenge to you too. Um, If you're not – I know baseball is not always the most fun sport to watch, but if you're not taking time to sit down and watch a college baseball game with your kids at least a couple times a month or getting them to do it, we're missing an opportunity to learn. Um you know this South Carolina team's one of the best teams that they've had in a while, I think, just from a hitting standpoint um and honestly from a pitching standpoint too, but they're really good um and there's a lot that you can learn just from sitting now watching the game, watching how the you know some of the things the coaches do, the way they manage the game, um how the players handle certain situations, the camaraderie the You know, the bat flips, all that that stuff's fun to watch. Um, And I think one thing I would tell you as a high school coach is you can tell that not enough kids watch the games anymore. Um, And it's sad because, I I mean, you know, I kind of have mixed reviews on the major league game now. Um, You know, I think, not saying the major league guys don't love the game anymore, but, you know, they're collecting a paycheck. And, uh, you know, that can sometimes influence guys to, to play a little less hard or a little more hard depending on what their financial situation is. And sometimes it becomes a little less about the team and, and too much about the individual. But college baseball, total, exact, it's the exact opposite. So, um, you know, if you're looking for opportunities for your kids to see how the game's supposed to be played from a, just a grit and toughness and intensity and all that other stuff, sit down. ESPN Plus, it's like I think it's seventy dollars a year. Okay, you can watch like a hundred college baseball games a weekend. Um, yeah, just for just food for thought. I enjoyed, um, uh, every bit of college baseball this weekend. So it's actually really cool to see too, because I I tell people too, you know, at South Florence I've always called Region Six Four A the SEC of the lower state and Four A baseball. And um it was cool to see this weekend, you know, you had Austin Gordon, um, who got on the mound, I think, yesterday, pitched pretty well. Um, he played for Myrtle Beach, graduated from there, played from uh played for Tim coach Tim Christie over there. And let me tell you, of all the pitchers that I've seen since I got to South Lawrence six years ago as a coach, he was one of the best, uh, hands down. Wasn't even close. Um, we beat that guy one to nothing. Uh, his senior year at home, and um, it was tough. He was tough. He had really good stuff. Um, also on that field, Billy Barlow started today for the Tigers, and, you know, we saw him a couple years ago play for North Myrtle Beach. He actually is an old Florence guy. He uh, he started at West Florence and uh, ended up at North Myrtle Beach somehow, but, you know, that, that that team he played on, that was good, and Billy was good. Um, so I enjoy watching him compete And then Cam Cantarella is from Hartsville And uh, Cam can swing the stick And he also could throw it about 90 miles an hour off the pitcher's mound So i talked about him in a previous podcast Where, you know, the base two podcast Where we got zero out of five on base two And won the game two to one The old thunderstorm game Lightning strike game Where Cam Cam Cantarella could have thrown 150 innings that night and We still wouldn't have beat him somehow I think lightning struck and a storm came and they had to come back the next day. Well he obviously couldn't throw and we uh <laughs> we were able to pull out a victory. Thank you, weather gods. Um he was on fire that night. The ball looked like a grain of sand coming in there. But it was cool, you know, they moved him to center field. He played shortstop in high school, but um I'm you know, not surprised a guy gets after it in center field. I would be willing to bet in a few years, like, he'll be gold glove caliber out there. So, um, still can swing the, st- swing the stick really good. So, that was just cool to see. Um, you see those guys that you've coached against get out there, compete, have success in, in college. And, um, you know, it's, I've been at South six years and I've seen a lot of them, I've seen kids go to LSU and play, Clemson, Carolina. Um, Almost every local school. Darren Horn, he threw for May River. Um, 2019, or was that 21? I can't remember. What? Yeah, 21. Um, you yeah, know, having a good career. Will Smith down there. He um, he was with Conway one of my first years at the East. I think he's still in the pros. Or, no, not in the pros. He's down there at Coastal Carolina now, I think. But, anyways, there's a lot of them. Um, and it's really cool to kind of see how their college careers pan out. So, Anyways, that's that. So, uh, today's podcast. Well, before we jump into that, let me talk about a couple things. Um, where we're going, where we've been, where we're going. This is episode 11 for us. Um, and I've been overwhelmed with the amount of support we've gotten since I started this 11 episodes ago. I think we started February 17th. We're closing in on 800 subscribers now. Um, almost a thousand i think it's almost a thousand views Were like too short of a thousand or something like that but uh it's a lot of people listening to what we have to say um and i appreciate it it's i had no idea when um i was sitting around talking to my wife saying you know i feel like something's pulling me to like do more you know like just feels like i'm not as fulfilled as i'd like to be like as far as this game goes and my profession and everything else, I felt like I was missing something. Um, It's been really cool to just kind of throw my thoughts out there. And as they come up, one one great thing about doing this in baseball season is every day I go out there, something new happens that is like, okay, that's something I really want to talk about. Or, you know, that's something I'd be, you know, that's a good podcast idea or article idea or whatever. Um, That's kind of what, what today's article is really about I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media Regarding travel ball and rec ball So I figured it's a good time to kind of Throw some stuff out about that But um, you know we've had quite a journey To get to episode 11 right I mean we've we've explored The players guides and the parents guides To embracing embracing their role Or embracing their child's role Which is you know if you're a parent or a player Who's going through that weird stage right now Where your role is not really what it you feel like you want it to be, or, you know, your child's role is not really as good as you want it to be, it's a great time to listen to those things. This is normally, you know, the preseason's ending uh, for high school baseball here in South Carolina. So regular season's about to start. So, you know, some roles got bigger, some roles got smaller over the last four games. That's just the reality of the situation. I know for us, we're, you know, we're always evaluating our situation. Um, there's guys who've performed very well over the last four games who – If I'm being quite honest, um, within my own position group, I was already, you know, before we went into this, I was kind of like, okay, you know, what kind of feedback am I going to be giving Coach Gray around, you know, what we need to do with our outfield situation, you know, at the end of the preseason. And, and, you know, it's been kind of cool to see how it panned out. Some guys did better than I thought. Didn't really have any guys do bad, um everybody handled their roles really well, you know, so it's, you know, we'll learn more over the next couple of weeks as we move into region play and stuff like that. But, you know, the whole role conversation is something that's going to be evolving all year. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, those are good ones to listen to. Um, We've talked about, you know, the things that I've learned from my years in the dugout. Um, It's a good episode. It's probably a better article than it is episode because that's the sound quality. I think the first three episodes I did uh, were really, the audio wasn't very good I figured some things out about where i need to be in my house like my office really isn't a good spot because it echoes real bad and stuff like that so i've got some other spots in my house that i can do pods that the audio sounds better so um that might be one worth reading if it's like hey you know what are some key things like as a parent if you're new to the high school game um that's worth reading you know, because it's got a lot of insight into things that are really important, like the tough conversations that players and coaches have, you know, the role of the parent within the organization and stuff like that. So really good. Um as a player, there's some character stuff in here. There's, you know, uh dealing with the spotlight, staying coachable, um, you know, taking ownership of the outcome. I just just a lot of good stuff there. So if you're a player or a parent that, you know, has a player or coach that is coaching players, listen to those episodes. They're really good. Um, they're all about, you know, development and stuff like that of your players. And then uh, we've got some stuff in there around, you know, my own journey. Like kind of a lot of people are like, hey, man, well, what's your story? How did you get to this point? Like what's your background? You know, whatever. So I gave my path to redemption. It's, if you're going to listen to one episode, that's the episode to listen to. Because uh, I don't know you're somebody who's – in a tough, dark spot in life, um, and you need a path forward and some hope, maybe my story can give you hope. Uh, cause that's why I told it. So, um, that's a good one to listen to. And then from a coaching standpoint, um, you're going to see some, some episodes moving forward that are talk about, they talk about build better. Um, cause that's one of our philosophies is, you know, transformational coaching, um, building better, athletes coaches and and people you know so part of the build better athletes part is talking about how we can be better at you know some of our jobs so better as as an outfielder better as a base runner better as a hitter how we can build better mentally tough athletes you know and stuff like that so we're that's kind of the build better series you'll see more of those moving forward i think the next one i'm gonna do is going to be build better outfielders because base running outfielder my two things we've already done build better base runners so Outfielders will probably be next and um our coach's corner series is gonna kick off this week as well. So um probably gonna have interviews on here from Coach Trey Allison this week, who's our head J V coach over at South Lawrence, you know, just kinda talking about his role in developing our first batch of Bruins when they show up in the ninth grade and kinda you know the importance of him getting them on the right foot and uh, teaching them the right things and you know, we'll get a lot of insight from him. We'll have Coach Rhodes Dickerson on hopefully one day this week. Um, just to kind of talk about his role within the program as the hitting coach and, you know, stuff like that. And he's another great coach. I my whole thing with Coach's corner is I want I started it wanting it to be a local thing because I, I've said this a hundred times. We've got great coaches in in the P D. Uh, As as I look, I, I can't think of any bad coaches, like guys that I'm just like, man, I wouldn't want my kid playing for him. I mean, I can just think of a lot of really, really good, solid coaches that are great developers of men, Uh, great developers of baseball players and and guys that represent their programs really well and and represent this game the right way. So, you know, my goal with that is to get as many people from the PD on this Coach's Corner podcast, uh, sorry, the Coach's Corner segment of the Transformational Coaching Podcast so people out there can hear, you know, you can hear from these people, learn from them, you know, um, Hear about their philosophy. Hear about what what motivates them. Hear, you know, what their foundation is as a coach. What and all that. I think that's really important. Um, I know I'm where I'm at as a coach because I've chosen to educate myself by listening to others who are way better at their job than I am. Um, and then we had a big win on Coach's Corner today as Coach Justin Deemer reached out to me on Twitter. He, I guess, he read the heard the podcast. Um, about base two and he wants to come on and talk about it you know talk about his book and talk about some of the other uh the other things that he's really developed over the years and i that is huge for us because um you know it's huge for me i'm I'm trying not to have celebrity you know fever here whatever it is because i mean that guy really truthfully when i think about my coaching philosophy as a as a hitter um you know if you took steve springer and justin diemer and they had a baby well their wives had babies um that's what my coaching philosophy as a hitter would look like so you know those those guys are real vital to like my development you know the way i think about the game mentally the way i've kind of the way we coach our guys at south lawrence around the base two model i mean that's not my model i didn't come up with that we've tweaked some things to it and you know, maybe the way we explain it's a little bit differently. Um, but that's Coach Deamer's model. And, you know, it's led us to want to win our last 33 games ever since we started using it, you know. So, I think we're 33-0 and now as a program when we accomplish three out of five goals. So, that's big. So, we're going to have him on at some point over the next couple weeks. And um, that's going to be the Coach's Corner uh part segment you know you start seeing the coach's corner segment kind of like you see a, a tactical Tuesday segment and stuff like that so we're growing uh, we're growing we're doing a lot of great things um, but we can't do it without you guys I, I we were doing an interview for the newspaper like two weeks ago about this this new baseball league we uh, founded called the Sandlapper Baseball League and that's a story for another day um, but you know one of the things that I wanted to make a point to. Scott, who wrote the article, was that, you know, coaches have these leagues that teams play over the summer, whether it's Legion or whether it's Sandlapper or baseball or travel baseball or whatever, like the things that make those leagues great, right, Are or make those leagues possible are the high school coaches deciding, hey, we're going to put our teams into this. This is how our teams are going to compete over the summer and get better, Right. If the high school coaches don't put their teams in these leagues, then the leagues don't exist. You know, same thing with a podcast, same thing with a website. You know, a website and a podcast are only as good as the subscribers or as good as the visitors. Like if nobody visits, um, you know, it's just information that's out there. So, you know, I appreciate all of you. Um, it motivates me to keep doing this every day to, like, get all the comments and the feedback that I've been got, been getting from everybody. So please keep it coming. The only ask I have from you um, is if you like an episode, share it with a friend, right? Share it with somebody who might be able to find value in the things that are said in the podcast or the things said in the article. You know, if you're reading something saying, hey, that was really cool. I, I enjoyed that. That was That was top-notch. You know, my my friend Susan, yeah, she might enjoy that for her kid. Or, you know, share it. Throw it out there on the internet. Share it for me. Um that's how we're gonna get our reach up and that's how we're gonna reach more people. And at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is let's just leave the world better than we found it. And, you know, my platform for doing that is through this game and the lessons I've learned and the lessons I'll continue to try to teach to the young men that I have the pleasure of coaching. Um so yeah, that's, that's one area where you guys can help out. Retweets, um, reviews, shares on Facebook, whatever. Whatever you can do to help, greatly appreciate it. And please keep the feedback coming. If there's something I'm not hitting on that you want to start hearing more of, let me know. Um, that's what we're here for. So, Anyways, all right, that's 18 minutes of me talking about that. So let me actually jump into the episode. It's going to be a busy week this week, so I'm going to try to – get a podcast out tomorrow get the uh, tactical Tuesday um, newsletter out so it delivers on Tuesday I'll probably do our first Coach's corner session on Tuesday recorded at least probably won't re- re- release it until later in the week and if I have time later in the week we'll we'll do another podcast as well so um, anyway so let's talk about today's episode and today's episode is called a parents guide to rec ball and travel ball this spring. Okay. And uh, I'm going to preface all this by saying nothing I say here is intended to offend anybody. If it does, you know, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry, but I am sorry. Cause I'm not saying it to be a jerk or anything like that. I'm just saying it because these are, these are things like for me and I'm not an expert. So whatever I say is not the gospel. Like you can take it for what it's worth, but I do feel like, You know, I've got some opinions about the way rec ball and travel ball have been handled, especially in our area. Um, That are important. And, you know, I want to offer some insight that's going to help put our players in a better position um, to be successful once they get to high school and and be in a better spot from a health standpoint, both physically and mentally. Um, So, yeah, you know, just a little bit of advice if you've got kids playing rec ball or travel ball because you know the high school preseason's now over, which means normally like evaluations were held like this past weekend for rec ball, which means most of you've probably gotten a call already from your child's coach and you're probably practicing for the first time sometime this week. so it's an exciting time, like from a rec ball standpoint. This is, you know, this is the baseline for our kids. Like, this experience that they get from rec ball will truly determine, you know, whether they love the game or hate the game. Um, so, it's our job as parents to make sure we're putting these kids in in a, in a good environment so they end up loving this game because this is a great game, right? Um, so, anyways, this, this article is really just going to be – I think it's got six points in it and it's – uh you know, just geared towards helping you guys navigate the waters. And there's just some things in here I think are really important. So um, go ahead and fire it up. So the first thing that I think is extremely vital, and this is relevant to travel ball, this is relevant to rec ball. This is really relevant to travel ball, though. And if you're a travel ball parent, I want you to listen and listen closely. Okay. Pitch smart guidelines. Okay. Know them. Like don't just know them. Like know them, know them. Um, you know, PitchSmart was designed by a bunch of doctors and, and and all that who, after years and years of UCL injuries and Tommy John surgeries and overuse injuries, finally decided, hey, we need to revamp what you know the pitching guidelines look like for for young kids, and um. You know it starts at the eight and under division then jumps to nine to twelve thirteen to fourteen, then fifteen to eighteen i mean i've I've linked it in the article um but if you don't subscribe to my sub stack or you don't go to CoachHyman.com dot com to read the article um yeah you know, you'll just have to type go to google and type in m l. b Smart guidelines okay it's a chart it gives you a bunch of information um Kind of around. Okay, if your kid throws this many pitches, they should rest this many days. Um, you know, the challenge with travel ball is this, and, and this is where the education piece comes in. Um, you know, it's no ish, it's no mystery that that overuse injuries are up, and I I don't think I don't think that the majority of coaches out there are like, yeah, man let me let me overuse this guy, so one day he may or may not be injured. I don't think that's going on. I think what happens is you get out there um you're given rules those rules are you know you get ten innings to throw this weekend. if you throw more than four on Saturday or more than three on Saturday, you can't throw Sunday. So I think coaches say, well, I'm within the rules if my kid goes out and throws three innings Saturday and then throws you know a complete game Sunday and technically you are within the rules but I don't like that rule because it doesn't take into all innings are not it, it doesn't take into account the fact that all innings are not created equal right you know if I said hey man I threw 10 innings this weekend yeah you know, first of all you're gonna cringe if you have anything to do with the high school game because you're like oh whoa whoa over over two days you threw 10 innings. you know but you know, those 10 innings could look vastly different. You know, a 10 inning, you know, through our we, – we like to try to average 13 pitches an inning, okay? So, if you threw 10 innings this weekend under that format, you would have thrown 130 pitches. 130 pitches is 25 pitches more than what you should have thrown uh, if you were 17 to 18 years old um, in a day. So, you see what I'm saying? Like, and not all innings, are going to be 13-pitch innings. Some are going to be 25-pitch innings. Some are going to be nine-pitch innings. I mean, it's 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 going to fluctuate. But, um, you know, not knowing about these things is no longer a valid excuse, like, as a parent and as a coach, right? I don't think coaches intentionally are out there trying to abuse kids' arms on the weekend. If you follow Josh Rudd on Twitter, I, I you should follow Josh Rudd on Twitter because he's on this big kick now with travel ball tournaments about the fact that there's not enough management of pitch counts um within the system. It's all like uh, inning base, but there is no like big database that shows, okay, this kid threw thirty five pitches on Saturday. Therefore, per MLB pitch mark guidelines, he should not be throwing on on Sunday. Um I'm not gonna lie to you, I've been kind of going through just random uh travel teams on on Game Changer over the last couple of weeks, and um, you know, it, it's a little disappointing to me when I look at like some of the um, the, the number of pitches that I'm seeing kids throw on Saturday. And then turn around and throwing again on Sunday, especially especially the age, right? You know, kids throwing 54 pitches on a Saturday and then turning around and throwing 96 on Sunday, like at the 10U division, that's not good. And it's not good at all, honestly. And again, to my to the point I made earlier, not knowing is no longer an excuse. Um, at the high school level, you can't get away with doing that. It's a massive fine. Um, it's suspensions, like, and everything we do has to be put into arbiter the day after the game. Um, so it's not like I mean, you can't you can't get away with that. Not that anybody would but you just can't get away with it and especially you know the timing of this too like i'm i'm seeing some stuff over like in the last couple weekends where you know first tournament of the year kids going out on saturday and throwing 47 coming back on sunday throwing 96 it's just not good it's not good um <sighs> And it's, fru- it's frustrating its frustrating. Uh, it's frustrating. Like I don't know who to be mad at. And like I guess the point is like, since this is a parents guide, if you know the guidelines, okay, you can walk up to your child's coach and be like, "Hey, you know, I'm not comfortable." And I say this, you know, <laughs> I'm the same guy who's like, you know, we don't we don't talk to par- parents about stuff, but. When you start talking about arm health, that's a totally different story. um You've got to be an advocate for your child and their health because you know we can't allow our kids to be put in bad situations when a wreck baseball game or a ten year travel tournament. We just can't um and I hate to say this because there are some good coaches who just make mistakes sometimes coaching at the travel level that maybe they you know they feel like they're within the rules. Coaches too, and then it's a parents guy, but coaches, educate yourself on the pitch smart guidelines. Okay. Winning a tournament on Sunday isn't worth throwing a dude back to back days who, while yes, he's nowhere close to his ten innings from a a pitch count standpoint, um, he's way too high. You know, technically, you know, at nine, ten years old, you throw ten pitches on on Saturday. Sorry, if you throw twenty pitches on Saturday you can throw the next day. But, you know, that 21 to 35 range that requires one day of rest per pitch mark, you know, you could certainly make an argument for, well, he was less than 25. So what's the difference between 25 and 20?
1: Yeah, I get it.
0: But at the youngest levels, just follow the guidelines, man. And I know what the problem is. The problem is you've got smaller rosters that probably have 10, 11 kids on it. And, You probably only have two or three kids who actually can pitch, so you're just trying to make it through. Um, You're trying to make it through, but trying to make it through in a 10-year baseball game is not – man, because it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Like, okay, if you got to go up there and walk the house, you know, get the kid out there if you're going to throw him again tomorrow. Or if he throws 45 pitches today, just don't throw him tomorrow, right? Don't put winning above that child's arm health is what I'm saying. So there's not a $2 ring or league championship worth causing those problems. Um, And they will arise, no doubt about it. You know, we've got example after example of kid who showed up, you know, with preexisting arm arm issues that then required surgery and stuff like that. I mean, you see it all the time. So you just don't do it. It takes collective effort. Parents – have have the courage to have the conversation with the coach. Hey, listen, I know the guidelines. I'm not comfortable with my kid doing that. Tell them if they don't like it, you know, have a problem with it. Your chi- your child's on the wrong team. Period. So, um, be diligent about it. We got to get it under control, especially in the travel ball world. I think rec- the rec world's a little bit, you know, different. I think. The rec world pitching regulations don't really allow this to come into play, but I'm not, you know, not 100 sure because I've been out, I've been out of the rec game for a long time. But, anyways, all right, next point: travel ball parents, speaking specifically to you, do your research, okay? Just like not all innings pitched are created equal, not all travel organizations are equal, okay? So do your re, do your research before you put your kids in a bad situation. Um, there's a ton of good ones out there. Okay, um, yeah, We've got a lot of them in our community that are top-notch organizations. Uh, one of my old buddies, Patrick Mincy, um, he does this for a living. You know, He's got an indoor facility. does pitching lessons, hitting lessons, all this other stuff in Texas. I think Cleburne, Texas or something like that. Cleburne Cavalry, I think is the name of his team, his organization. Yeah, those guys do it right, though. Um, if I had a kid in Texas, I'd be – Trying like hell to get him on his team, be a part of his organization, because uh, they got coaches with the right background in the game um, to be able to develop those guys and prepare them for the next level. They have an education on arm care, education on hitting, development, catching, all that stuff. So they've got all those guys on a great, great, great development plan, and that's important. Um, I'm not knocking on teams that have that are coached by a bunch of dads. I'm not because some some organizations have to do that for their kids to have somewhere to play and I get that. But those are things you have to know as a parent going into it. Okay, this team is coached by four dads. Okay. Now, that's probably not good for your son if he's the short if he's a shortstop and the head coach's son's a shortstop. Okay. So, he probably needs to be prepared to play another position. And as a parent, you need to be prepared for him playing play another position, which is good because at the 9U, 10U, 11U, whatever division, they don't need to specialize yet. I mean, if you're left-handed, okay, that's different. Probably don't need a left-handed shortstop, third baseman, catcher, second baseman. Anywhere else on the field, safe, right? Um, You know, but that's just something to consider. You know, the other thing, consider somebody brand. Right, consider their brand. Like if if my kid grew up playing rec ball with this dad, who was consistently a jerk, acted like a jerk to the umpires, acted like a jerk, you know, at the field during games, acted like all these things. What do you think is going to happen when he's given a little bit of control to coach a travel team? Right, um, and the big thing there is just yeah, you know, coach somebody or. Choose organizations that have a good brand, period. I mean, because you know before you get started, the problem is a lot of parents get desperate because they're worried, oh, I don't want my kid to miss out, so I'll just take whatever. And uh, it's just not not a good way to do it. Um, There's great organizations out there. Do your homework. Find the right fit for you and your family, for you and your kid. Always, always, always go with the organization that puts the emphasis on development. Okay? Development plus competing plus um plus, you know, obviously you had to put an emphasis on winning at some point because winning you have to win in life. Okay, but 9U, 10U, 11U, 12U development, man. Development because the end game is not the 12-U Winter World Nationals World Series that they hold like four times in the month of December, right, and name four different world champions. That's, that's not the end game, right? The end game is getting them to high school, and then if they're lucky, getting them to college. If they're really, really lucky, getting them into the major leagues, right? From a progression of an athlete standpoint, that would be the progression of the athlete. The other part of it is the progression of the person, you know continue to help them be better people, continue to help them be better students, you know, and all that. So that comes as part of that process too, but um you know check the brand, ask the right questions, do your research and always remember just because a team's part of a larger national organization, you know, that doesn't mean anything, okay? It's kind of like when you got a really crappy hospital system that all of a sudden they changed their name to a major medical university and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, yeah, this hospital is the greatest hospital in the state now, right? Well, that's funny because those same doctors that were there like two weeks ago when it was another name, y'all all were talking about how terrible they were. But now we've changed the name, so now the quality of the doctor has gone up, right? So it's the same thing with the travel organization. If, you know, the Florence Mole Crickets are coached by Jimmy Turd, okay, and then – Florence Mole Crickets turned into the, you know, Canes National Swingman International Team or whatever it's called. You know, Jimmy Turd is still coaching the team. So, guess what? Probably not an organization you want to be a part of. All right. Point number three, do not dual participate, okay? It should be pretty self-explanatory. There's no reason for your child to be playing rec ball and travel ball at the same time. So, you know observation I always have is normally travel organizations they like to go ahead this time of year play a couple tournaments back to back weekends or play a tournament before the rec season begins nothing wrong with that okay where we run into problems is uh when you play in a tournament this weekend then you play in a rec game rec game on Tuesday a tournament on this coming up weekend then a rec game on tuesday you start opening the door to miscommunication leading to overuse injuries um it's just something we have to be very very diligent about like you can't just don't do it just don't open the door you know play play your tournaments before rec ball starts get through all stars when that's over boom get right back on schedule um you know, I, I hear a lot of parents say, Well, you know, rec ball's just not a challenge for my son, you know. And and that's cool. Yeah, sure. It's not the sure the depth of rec programs is not as deep as, you know, a really good travel tournament, right? Um but here's a thought, okay? Play your rec games during the week and then train, right? Use this time during rec ball to really Enhance your skill set. You know, spend that time hitting off the tee, spend that time working on, you know, unlocking all parts of the field when you hit. Spend this time, um, you know, working on your command in the bullpen with your fastball and your changeup. That was another thing I meant to say about the pitch guidelines earlier. You know, if you're if you're nine through twelve, I don't think you need to be messing with curveballs. I think from 9 to 12 you should be working on command of your fastball and your changeup. You should be really good at throwing those pitches by the time you're 12. Anyways, um but, you know, back to the, back to the uh the original point I was just making a second ago. Um, you yeah, know, spend that time training, okay? Go to the cage, go to the practice field, throw bullpens. Um, yeah, get your core strength up. You know, that's that's the time to do it, you know, not not just seeing how many games we can play, right? You know, when you get to high school, you're gonna practice you're gonna play two times a week and you're gonna practice five days a week. Right? Except for the first week of the season where you're gonna play like eight games. But you know, you practice double the amount of time you play. There's a reason for that. It's a tough sport. You gotta really hone your craft in. You know, no no kid at twelve years old, nine years old, ten year ten years old is too good to be playing racquetball. I'm sorry, I totally disagree with that. Um and the other thing, man. Rec ball's a great thing for the community too. So just do it. Yeah. Nobody's above rec ball and our rec leagues need you to participate. Right? Um Yeah, anytime they get on the field, whether it's a rec league game or a travel league game, it's an opportunity for them to work on their craft. So I, I just it's annoying to me when I hear the parent of like a ten year old tan turn their nose up to playing rec ball. It just Your your child's not that good, dude. He's not okay. Contrary to what you think, or you know, he's just not that good yet. Okay. All right. Next point. Burnout is a real thing. Let those kid. Let them still be kids. All right. So, I've talked about Jason Gross in the past, and you know, you can think what you want to think about Jason Gross. It's kind of mixed reviews on him. You either love him or hate him. There's not really in between. From a development standpoint, Jason Gross was the best thing to happen to me to prepare me for high school baseball, no doubt about it. Um, I owe him where I was as a seventh grader to be ready to step on the field and contribute because of what he did uh, for all of us when we played for him those three seasons. Um, But, you know, as I look back on my playing career, one of the biggest challenges I had once I actually got to the ninth and tenth grade was I was pretty good, like – Just showing up pretty good. Um, If you listen to any of my other podcasts, you kind of know my story. But, you know, I was burned out by the time I got to ninth grade. I'm not going to lie to you. Because I had spent every weekend from the time I was about 10 till the time I was 13. Not every weekend, but about every weekend. Three and four weekends a month playing travel ball. You know, going to Columbia, going to Myrtle Beach, going to Greenville going to other parts of the upstate, you know, back to Florence, you know, and you, you spend Friday and Saturday in a hotel, you know, you're playing baseball games, you're playing four games, sometimes five games a weekend, then you're coming home. So, you know, over the course of, you know, three months, okay, you're playing on on the low end, you're playing 12 weeks, right? And assuming you play four games a weekend, that's what, 12 weeks, four games, 48, 48 games, yeah. It's a lot of games, and uh, I just think it's a, it's a lot, uh, and I was burned out. But you know, because of being burned out, you know, I settled on just being one of the best instead of working, put really working on my craft and being the best because that just required way too much extra work, right? So you know, once your kid gets to high school, um, they're going to be expected to work on their craft probably ten months a year. When you consider some of them are multiple sport athletes, so you know they're going to be spending four months a year working on that. You know they're going to have to strength train. They've got two open seasons. They got a regular season, the playoffs, and then they got a summer season. Right? I mean, I just was talking about our season. ba our baseball program really is stays open for business from August to july of the next year and um it's a lot where we probably spend a thousand hours a year with our kids the ones who have come to everything we spend a thousand hours a year with them easily so you know when i say knowing that you know don't don't burn them out now when the stakes aren't high man you know, we want them to have that energy and have that good foundation so when they get to high school, they can really take that next step. And for the ones that want to put themselves in position to play college baseball and and stuff like that, they're going to be able to. So, you know, don't burn them out before they even get going. Um, if you're playing travel – if I was coaching a travel ball team right now, I'd play one tournament in March. Um, I would take rec ball season off. So, you know, I'm assuming that would, you know, I'd be good to go probably middle of June for that. So we play two tournaments in June, two tournaments in July, um two tournaments in August, two tournaments in September, right? So that's four tournaments, you get four games. Um let's see, four tournaments, four games minimum. So that'd be 16 games something like that. No. Whatever the math is on that. Sixteen games and probably two two more tournaments and um two more tournaments in September, October, September and October, and we would take November, December, January, February off. So that's probably how I would do it. There's no reason to be playing three and four times a weekend, especially if you're nine and ten years old. Or eleven years old or twelve years old. That there is no the Add it. All you're doing at that point is you're just playing a bunch of games and you're racking up a bunch of costs. period. There's nothing out there that says, hey, if you play four to four tournaments a week, three tournaments a week, and just keep playing games, 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 uh, you have a better chance of you know going farther than other people. It's not true. Um, you'd be better off being with somebody who's going to play a couple times a month, sometimes once a month, or play two times this month, once this month, and then they're practicing and training and doing stuff like that throughout. So um, that's just my opinion. You can do what you want. I just I see it firsthand every year. The kids who show up and they're just freaking exhausted because, you know, yeah, they're trying to play year round travel ball on top of school ball on top of all this other stuff. It's just not worth it. So don't burn them out. <sighs> all right, two more. Um, contrary to popular belief, nobody's earning a scholarship today. Uh, so. what that essentially means is make sure your your child's a part of an organization that values development, values competition and values still making the game fun. You know, once they get to high school, um, yeah, you know, I can tell you this as a high school coach, the the kids are showing up less and less less and less prepared to compete at our level. And it's truly because some organizations don't put enough emphasis on the development for the next level piece of their process, right? You know, they this back goes back to like the play, 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 play. Not enough practice. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of studs in twelve U baseball or rec ball that never made a varsity baseball roster in high school, and it normally goes back to their development early on because um, it's easy to compete when you're bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody else at that age. Um, but those glaring flaws that your twelve U 12U coach didn't want to stop and try to correct because you were just, you know, you are stronger than everybody else. So, that's why you were able to those, – those F7s you were hitting on a normal field that were going out of the park as a 12-year-old, you know, they chose not to correct that stuff. So, from a development standpoint, you showed up and as a freshman and you're behind because, you know, in the high school level they paint the black with – you know, if you, you're a pull-side hitter, they're going to paint the black with, you know, 87 on the outside corner or, you know, hit you with off-speed pitches and they're just going to eat your lunch to the point that, you know, you know, we spend your whole career trying to correct it and get you caught up. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, instead of, like, everybody stacking teams full of the best of the best 12-year-olds, you know, what they should be doing is stacking it full of, you know, the best competitors, the kids who have high ceilings, but the kids that they can develop, right? And uh, whether you have studs or whether you have C-plus players, you know, your goal as a coach has to be development because the end game is not the 12U um, Winter Worlds or the 12U Summer Championship or, or whatever. Those are cool things to win, but those aren't the end game. The end game is the way you should measure success as an organization is – you know what did I contribute to develop de- developing that kid and getting him ready as a person and a player to be a contributor on his high to his high at his high school? That's what it comes down to, um, you know. And as a parent, you need to make sure that your child's part of organizations like that and not part of those other ones that are just, you know, chasing rings. I guess is the proper term. Um, but anyways, so nobody's earning a scholarship today. So development, 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 teach them to compete, teach them the fundamentals of the game, teach them to play the game the right way, right? Make sure your kid's are part of organizations like that. Um, and then the last one, I know I've talked about this in the past, but be your child's greatest supporter, okay? Um, as they prog- progress through this game, the stakes are going to get higher and higher. And the moments that they encounter are going to mean more, okay? And right now, at nine years old, none of that matters, okay? So don't ruin the game for them. (laughs) Let them have fun, man. Uh, They're going to strike out. They're going to make errors. uh, They're going to walk the house when they get on the mound, okay? It's going to happen. Don't be that parent that's over there acting a fool, throwing stuff, um, you know, Freaking out because the other parent who's keeping the game changer dinged your kid with a pass ball when it actually was their kid who threw the wild pitch, not a pass ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be that parent, man. You know, don't be that parent who your kid lines out three times and you're like blasting his ass in the car about going 0 for 3. Right? You're part of the problem when you do stuff like that. What you should be doing is celebrating those three quality at bats he had, and reinforcing the fact that where the defense is playing, that's uncontrollable, okay. But what you can control is going up there with a lot of confidence and trying to hammer the baseball, which they did, okay. You got to be celebrating stuff like that. Um, the only thing you should be blasting your kid about is character things and character things and attitude things, right? If your child has a bad attitude or a bad teammate, teammate has a sportsmanship issue yeah you blast them about that you don't blast them about the performance okay um one of the biggest things we see at our level is these kids show up and they're afraid to fail because of the years of the beatdowns they've been getting for making mistakes and it's unacceptable to be honest with you because you think about this game you know you know Most of the people who've been beating them down don't know their ass from their elbow when it comes to coaching ball or understanding baseball, right? This game's the biggest morale killer in the world. You think about all the sports in the world. It's the biggest morale killer. This game's all about who handles failure the best, not who handles success the best. You know, the best in the business fails seven out of ten times. All right, so as parents, find ways to build them up. So they still will have the courage and the desire to compete when they're 14 and 15 years old in high school. Right? You know, I've seen a ton of kids just totally ruined, like to the point they don't even come out for high school sports. I remember one guy in specific, you know, now I think this kid would not been eligible anyways a few years ago, but like his dad was a hell of a pitcher. I mean, one of the best. And, uh, I mean, he was like in the history of South Lawrence, he was one of the best, and um, you know, his kid never showed up to South Lawrence play, and um, you know, I heard rumors. I don't, I don't know if it was, I don't know who chased that kid out of the game. I don't know if it was the parents, if it was somebody else, but it was unfortunate because um, he had a good bloodline, and I'd seen him play a couple of times. He had the potential to be really good, but you know, it is what it is. You see that happen all the time, and um. You know, it comes back to Johnny Testosterone, right? You know, screaming and freaking out and, like, it's just not worth it, dude. Not at 9 years old, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, right? Like, none of that, it, that stuff isn't helping, okay? It's not helping. I, I, I've i seen it too many times. I've done it too many times. Um, So be a supporter be their greatest supporter and then be a great supporter of their team too right it's not all about your kid right be a great supporter of the team pick those kids up too um you know you might be the only person who's picking that kid up because he might have johnny testosterone as a dad who you know has got low t so he's getting his testosterone replacement therapy shots and you know freaking out on his kid having these just major meltdown moments because his kid went, you know, one for four today with a pop up to the pitcher like it's, it's ridiculous it's ruining the game for these kids. So don't be that guy or that mom because some of the moms are just as bad. So um anyways, that's all I got to say on this. Um that's your parents got to rec ball and travel ball this spring. I've said this a 100 times. Be a part of the solution, guys. Don't be a part of the problem, okay. Too many kids are killed before they even get to our level emotionally and mentally because of what they've been going going through since the time they were nine years old, either through overuse, overplay, not enough practice, not enough development, too much emphasis on you know rings and trophies and individual accolades, like we gotta stop this, okay. Uh, these kids are too vital to, to the rest of this – I mean, to the future of this game for us to continue running them out of the game before they even get an opportunity to experience what should be the the highlight of their playing careers, and that's high school baseball. So, um, just kind of my final thoughts on that. That's some of my final thoughts. You know, baseball season's here. And it should be an exciting time for, for young players. Like 100% of this should be like they can't wait to show up and get to the ballpark, whether they go 0 for 4 or 4 for 4. But it just takes a collective effort um, as parents and coaches to ensure that our players continue wanting to come back each year and to make memories through this great game. Um, yeah, Remember, one day the stakes are going to be really, really high, but that moment's not right now. Okay. That moment's not on Greenwood, Greenwood's coach pitch field. um, That's not on Greenwood's ozone field. That's not on, uh, you know, McLeod Park's field or Maple Park's Little League field or what. Like, let's don't ruin this game for our kids, right? Let's don't do it. We have to collectively be like, okay, what's important at this level? Competition is important. Getting out there and competing, okay? Okay. But most important is development. Okay. Building these skills, giving them a solid foundation to build their 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 game on. That's it. Because kids with a solid foundation, they stand out every time we have tryouts. Yeah. You, know, you know, okay, that kid that kid works on his game. That kid's been well coached up to this point in his life. Then you see how they act. Okay, and it's like, okay, on top of him having a great foundation, he clearly had parents and coaches who put an emphasis on character and, and stuff like that, you know, sportsmanship and all that versus, you know, the worst is when you got a kid who can freaking just compete his tail off but he just plays a selfish brand of baseball. It comes back to the parents, right? It comes back to the coaches. Like, what, what have we been doing with these kids throughout their development? Have we te- been teaching them it's all about them? It's all about them, their stats, their number, their everything. Or have we been teaching them that, like, hey, your job's to – help your team win today, however you have to do that. And the only thing that matters is, you know, whether y'all got the job done or not, you know, and that you had a lot of fun doing it. So that's all I got. Um, Again, thank you for tuning in. Um, Again, we're going to try to do a Coach's Corner on Tuesday. Be on the lookout for Tactical uh, Tuesday as well. Um, If there's questions, concerns, stuff that you want to hear that I'm not addressing, reach out. Okay, be more than happy to you know do an episode based around some stuff that maybe somebody wants to hear. Um, And as always, like, follow, subscribe, leave a review, and most important, tell a friend. Tell a friend. Um, I appreciate all of you. Thank you for motivating me to continue to do this, and uh, I look forward to this journey that we're on together. So, until next time, be cool and go Bruins. See ya.